Healing for the Soul podcast with this being season number four, episode number 77. I am your host, Robin Stoltman, and today I have my guest, Natalie Noisett, who is a financial strategist and author on the show talking about families and money. And before we get started, remember every week I feature different guests to help you become the best version of yourself through different methods you may not have heard of or thought of. So let's get started. Thank you so much, Natalie, for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me, Robin. Well, what is your specialty and who do you like to work with? So my specialty is that I'm a financial strategist. So I like to talk to women mostly. Um, mothers are very attracted to me as far as like just understanding how to look at money differently and um, just changing the relationship with money as well, because it is very much a relationship. So um, financial strategists, like most people are just like, what is that? What does that mean? It's just, it's just really just a way of looking at money and making it work for you because everyone's needs are very different. So when women come to me, I like to assess their current standing. So where are you with money? Um, What is it that your goals are and how we can align those goals with where you are to get you to where you want to be? That makes a lot of sense and that'd be very helpful. Mm-hmm. So who or what inspired you to do this work that you do? Well, my mom was a single mother. <laughs> and um, I watched her struggle. Yeah, very, very good reason. I'm telling you. Um, I watched her struggle. I watched my aunt struggle and a lot of other women in our family struggle to make ends meet by themselves. And now that I'm a single mother myself, I kind of on one end, I kind of continued that that line of being a mom that would have to do it all alone. And I'm not the proudest of that. But on the other end, I am proud that I don't have to, um, you know, do it with all of the financial burden as well. You know, I'm, I'm in a different place in that regard. But watching them struggle, I knew that before I ever had a child, I wanted to make sure that I was financially sound, secure, not having to really worry about money before that decision, but watching them go through what they went through, um, it was it was painful to say the least, traumatic in so, to some extent. And um, I I knew that there were other women who were dealing with this as well. And watching these women come from not the, the women that I work with mm-hmm. now, right? Watching them come yeah. from where there's always more month than money, or watching them come from from a place where they're not sure where their kids are going to get their next meal kind of situation um, to watching them thrive is it brings me, it, got, it gave me goosebumps just thinking about it because it's such an honor to be able to do this kind of work and allow women to really understand where they either went wrong. Cause sometimes there is an accountability piece. So I'm not one of those people who are going to tell you, Oh yeah, you know, this is, it's the man and it's this and it's that there are those, the, those elements do exist. Those things are true. But also just the accountability piece and the education piece, the empowerment piece to know that um, where you are now is not where you always have to be. And that was true for those women as well. You know, the women that I watched growing up, they changed their circumstances. They went to college. They got an education. They served their communities through their religions or whatever it was. So I watched that and I saw them overcome so much. And um, because of that, this work drives me to make sure that at the very least women are okay. I I do serve men too sometimes, but at the very least the women are okay. 
Well, that's very helpful. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I need to talk more with you later yeah, sure. for, for my own situation. Cause um, yeah, there's that accountability part. I can definitely see where that is helpful mm -hmm. because you know, like holding yourself accountable, like when you see it yeah. actually on paper, you're like, yeah, maybe I do got a little bit of an issue here mm -hmm. or, you know, like trying to tighten it up. Cause I was yeah. thinking about like the Dave Ramsey type right. of strategy. And I'm like, I'm not hundred percent sure that that works either a hundred percent of right. the time. Right. So it's like, how well, do you know? To be fair, there's nothing that's going to work a hundred percent of the time. Right. Like nothing True. really in life does, but you can get really close, <laughs> really, really close. <laughs> and, um, and I think that's where like consultations come in. Right. Because I don't know you. I don't know what your financial situation is. I don't know what you need. I don't know where you want to go. Um, and then, you know, what's interesting during consultations, a lot of people, they, they think they want one thing. And then when you really unpack what they want, they just want security, you know, and then security, that yeah. definition helps change what it is that they actually want in the material. So um, it's interesting because if we end up chatting, you'll probably end up realizing that what you think you want is not really what you want anyway. And it really, <laughs> more than likely. Yeah. It really redirects and shapes the entire conversation for sure. That's amazing. That's very helpful. So what can yeah. parents do today to help kids learn more about money? Yeah. Well, first of all, you have to be the example, <laughs> right? True. <laughs> um, because the, uh, the cookie cutter do as I say, and not as I do, it doesn't work anymore. That model that model doesn't work. These kids are too enlightened. They are. They know too yeah. much. They see too much. And they're ready to call you out on it. So um, that model doesn't work. So for for sure, one thing mm -hmm. you need to do is definitely be the example. Um, and then um, give kids opportunities to integrate what it is that you're trying to teach them, right? We, um, as parents, sometimes our fuses are very short because we have so much going on. And when you look at the child in comparison to what you have going on, it just seems so tiny, you know, comparatively. Yeah. Of course, it just seems so minute because you have these real world problems that you need to solve every day. Um, so our, our, our fuses can be very short with them, but they need opportunities to actually apply it. So sometimes on the parents and that takes patience, that takes you know, ingenuity. Sometimes that takes a little bit of um, um, time, mostly, to be able to know, like, I'm I'm going to find ways to integrate whatever it is that, or help my kid integrate whatever it is that we are teaching them and whatever we are trying to enforce on, to them. So what age, because I got to think, I'm like, what age would be a good age to start teaching children about money? Because like, I had a situation like that at home yeah. where uh -huh. my one son um, broke the dog's leg for whatever reason with him because he's got disability issues okay. there. But um, in that situation, he's like, I told him, I'm like, we could have got you a four wheeler, not that we would have, but I'm like, I was trying to get him to understand that because mm -hmm. he broke the dog's leg. We don't have money for something else that he wants. Yeah. That's he's only five, but I was like yeah. thinking, how soon should I be teaching the kids about yeah. money? Because we ended up well, having to pay for that. Okay. Well, I will answer that question before mm -hmm. your son's situation. What you just described is something called an opportunity cost, right? So whenever you have the cost of one thing that needs to be done, it takes away the opportunity of something else that needs to be done, right? True. So it does. Explaining that to children is, I'm sure, very difficult, especially if I was with with what you explained or, or what you described as a disability. So I'm sure it's difficult. But 
a, a real way to apply that is to give them choices every single day. Like really, and, and choices are hard and choices are hard even for adults. So imagine what that looks like for a child. So giving them choices, you know, explaining to them like, this is the cost of this, right? This is what mm-hmm. the value is of this thing to us. And then this is the value of this thing to either you or us or whatever it may be. For example, your dog, like this is the value of what it's going to cost to the value and cost associated with making sure that the dog is okay. Right. Unless you don't okay. want the dog anymore. Right. Well, do you, yeah. Do you want the dog gone? But this is our, these are our choices. And you, the kid will more than likely understand that there's only one thing that they get to pick and not to be like black and white. Sometimes mm-hmm. depending on the situation, you can throw some nuance in there, but I'm that when that one situation, it's like, what do you want? Yeah. Make a choice. Um, but as far as teaching kids about money, you can start as early. I, I think that as soon as the kid can count, which is whenever the age that is, that you should start integrate, integrating little pieces or like concepts and ideas about money. But um, three years old, for sure. And I say three because that's when oh, they're wow. really... Oh, yeah, three. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, three. And and you're not teaching them about current, like you're not teaching them about yen and, and no. euros and dollars, but you're helping them understand, you're, you're integrating words into the vocabulary because that's the age where their vocabulary really starts to expand, right? So if you say, if you can tell them what's debt and then you can find a way to simplify the explanation of it and then show them, okay, I'm giving you this, you have to give me that back. Now you owe me this, you're in debt, yeah. right? So the, those find ways and games and like different ways to integrate just the vocabulary. All they need are the words and the understanding of the words. Now they don't need to be able to balance it. Uh, they don't need to be able to balance a an expense sheet, right? That's not what we're no. here. Just just to get an idea of what these words are, so that as their vocabulary continues to build, you can show them in the real world. Like, oh, look, this is what we learned. This is what we know. And then they get to ask questions and you get to integrate with them as well. And it's, it's a beautiful process, but definitely as early as three years old. I, I was like, I was thinking I was older. No. <laughs> so I got I to gotta start now then without no, all I, the kids. I think, I think you should start giving kids money around six. Oh, really? Actually giving them money around six, right? So when they can actually, mm-hmm. when they can actually understand that there's an exchange in value, right? Um, and then I'm one of those people that don't believe in giving kids money for chores, but for rewarding no, them. Right, right. So um, if a kid is exerting some kind of effort in regard to an outcome, we reward them for that, right? So they're always incentivized to keep trying. Um, so if you, the kid can understand that by six years old, and that's when money should begin to be exchanged. But even then with an objective, like, are you going to save? Because by then, if you've been teaching them these concepts between three and six, they understand what savings are, right? Are you going to save? Are you going to invest? Right. Even if they don't, but this is what you can continue to, this is now a real world application. You're giving the money. What are you going to do with it? Do you want to purchase something? Okay. Well then we have to save for that thing. Right. How much money do you have? And then when they can look at, okay, this is how much this thing costs, right? This is how much I have because they can count at this point and I have to save for this. They can see how much they're missing. And then that might incentivize them to start doing, you'll watch your kids start doing a million and a half chores around the house to try to get the money up for this thing, right? So yes. <laughs> this is, it's incredible. It's a win-win. <laughs> no, but no one loses. The kid learns. Well, yeah. 
the kids empowered, the parents are also happy that the kid is empowered and educated. And then you also have your chores done around the house or whatever it is that you're incentive, whatever effort you're incentivizing the kid to produce. And like, when I say effort, for example, like, because I just said, I don't reward chores or I don't like the idea of rewarding for chores. Even if the kid is, for example, taking piano lessons, you can reward them for practicing. That's an effort because the outcome is that they'll become better pianists. Right. Or you can, if they're, if they're having trouble, not even trouble, if they, if they want to practice their math, you know, or they want to read, you can reward them for reading a chapter. That's an effort. They didn't finish the book, but you're not rewarding them for finishing the book. You're rewarding them for progress towards the outcome of finishing the book. So those little things, once they're six years old, absolutely begin to integrate so that they can continue to be incentivized for money because that's what we do now. We work for money. So if we continue, cool. if we continue to do that, they'll be, they'll be fine. That would help with the money mindset. I was thinking to myself, if I had been taught that when I was little, my God, that would have made one heck of a difference for me now. Yeah, it, right? it, me too. it would have made would have done a total 360 because I want to be in the situation I'm in now. Right. No, for sure. Me too. So yeah. that, that's a brilliant idea. So um, re what resources are available for parents um, to help their kids learn this financial literacy? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, one thing for, so for kids six to 12, so when you're actually starting to eat, actually exchange money with them. Um, Bankaroo is, it's it's a little old. It's a little on the older end, but it's simple. It's nice. It's user-friendly. It's easy to use. Um, and it allows you to, it allows the kid to be able to see where their money is. They can set saving goals. Um, and then they can also get paid for their like allowance and stuff through there too, um, if you offer one. And then allowance, I allowance is also like another app where you can go ahead and just give the kid money and then they can kind of um, use their discretion of how they're going to use the money, parse the money out. Um, and then they have like other things like Green Dot for older kids where you can actually load money up onto a card um, and then the kid can use it. They can go out to the store and actually use their own debit card. So that's also oh, a great option. Cool. Yeah, it's really it's really good. So that they, they can really, there's the application piece, right? So they can really go out and see that this, this in order to have this item or this material good, there has to be an exchange of value for it. And it's whatever's on the card, nothing more, nothing less. So um, that's great as well. And then we also have resources for kids age three plus. There, um, one is a coloring book. And the coloring book has a bunch of different symbols. Um, and there are the words attached to each symbol that shows the actual concept of whatever the item is. So let's say it's a bank. So there'll be a picture of a okay. bank. Um, let's say it's a currency, like a dollar, it'll show a dollar. Or um, if it's debt, that we found a way to illustrate debt. So the kid can just begin to have an activity, kind of keeps the kid busy, but then also they're integrating financial concepts that they will see in real life. Um, we also have um, financial literacy handwriting books in cursive and print and in Spanish and English. So these are, this is what I mean by exposure. The kid is writing which they have to do. It's an everyday activity. Um, they get the bonus of knowing how to write in cursive, which is almost lost now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then they're being, exposed, they're being exposed to these words. There's practice pages. There's a glossary um, that's been simplified so the parents can also be educated and informed as well. And then they get the opportunity of sharing that experience of learning and helping the kid apply. So we have a couple of resources within our own company that helps kids learn and helps the parents to give the kids opportunities to learn. I like that. 
Because especially now that I know that I'm kind of behind <laughs> and teaching my kids. So that's that's um very helpful because, yeah, I don't want them. That's the one thing that I um for my own self is like I do not want my kids to grow up the way that they're currently growing up financially because I'm like, that is not what I want for them at all. Right. I do not want that. So that is very helpful to know that your company has that resources. Mm -hmm. Where can they get those? those are sold exclusively on amazon and um, i don't know if you guys do like show notes i can send you the link to them and then i'll um, yeah that would be good great that that would be helpful so Mm -hmm. what are some common mistakes that parents make in teaching their kids about money well first they don't start early enough (laughs) and i'm sorry (laughs) to say that because you're one of the culprits (laughs) that's okay i'm glad that i know this now because that's a game changer for sure. So they don't start early enough. Um, they think the kid can't learn or doesn't understand or will understand, but that's a projection. That's not really true. The kid un- will understand. The kid will learn. That's why we send them to school or daycare or whatever the kids may be, because they can learn, um, especially unless they have like some kind of barrier to learning. Right. But even then, yeah. there are fun ways we can try to integrate that. Um, and then not building, not educating themselves. That's one big mistake parents make. You know, they don't um, they don't have enough information to pass along. Right. Um, and then the last thing is that they don't build wealth for their children. Um, they don't think we not they we as humans do not think far enough into the future. We always are like in the moment and, you know, which is fine. We're encouraged to, you know, be present and focus on the now. But there might be 10, 12, 13 years of nows from now. No pun intended. True. So. Just to think about the future and um, really think about what your end goal is, because if you were to pass, then they need to be able to have these tools in their wheelhouse to be able to move on with their lives as well. Well, that helps. That must be the oddball then, because I'm constantly thinking, like, what kind of legacy I want to leave. And, like, if anything happens to me, my, my biggest thing is, one, my kids are in huge financial trouble. Mm-hmm. And then, two, the other thing I'm thinking is, I didn't do enough what right. I was for my kids if anything were to happen to me now right so i'm constantly thinking about like i'm not thinking about the here and now i'm constantly thinking about the the future about the legacy what i want to leave right i don't want my kids to be in the same situation like i said so that's probably a good thing did you look at that by chance when you were growing up like before you started this you know like you know i think no i i wasn't thinking i personally and truthfully i wasn't thinking that far ahead either but what drove me was the fact that I watched my mom have to struggle at the hands of my father. And he was a financial breadwinner at one point. And I noticed how like having her be a woman and always at his will because he was financially abusive now that I know what financial abuse looks like um, and almost trying to like dangle that in front of her in order to keep her submissive or subservient. I didn't want that life for myself. <laughs> so that's kind of what that makes sense. Me. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I, I, not that I don't need a man. I want one, but at the same time, like, I don't want to have to be subjected to anything just because I need to survive financially. And that's, that's a thing. Right. But moving forward, there's a like, lot of people like that, but that's why, that's why I ask Cause there's right. a lot of people that can't leave those situations because of that exact reason. Right. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause no, for sure. there's a lot of people dealing with it. We yeah. just don't know it. Right. No, that was definitely my motivation at first. But then now that I'm a mother and I'm an, when I became an adult, I realized that like if I don't 
take care of this now, there's no way I'd be able to bring a child into the world securely. Um, so it became a drive later, but my initial drive was definitely not being in a bad situation for the sake of uh, survival. That is that is extremely helpful. I but that just like got me thinking. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more that can be done that I didn't even realize, you know, that um, it's one of those things that it's not talked about. Yeah. Like the financial exploitation, because it happens to seniors as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that don't talk about it because, yeah. well, of course, they want to keep hiding under the rug. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that parents can do to help secure their kids' financial futures? Right. So. This is a little bit of a taboo conversation. Not that we haven't brought up a lot of them already, but <laughs> one being that life insurance is a wealth tool. Um, a lot of people don't think of it that way. They think of it as a death tool. Yes, I know. Yeah, it's a life tool. It's not a death tool. Um, it's called life insurance. We are able to use it while we're alive, right? Um, so, for example, I have a policy for my daughter. She is one years old. Um, in the event that she gets to live for 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years, every year that we pay into the policy, excuse me, um, it builds cash value that we can borrow against interest-free. Is that whole life or the other? We have a whole life policy for her. Mm -hmm. Okay, because I think there's two types. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, you're more than two types of insurance, right? Yeah, way more. And- um, yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot going on. <laughs> um, whenever yeah. we pay into it, she built it builds cash value for her. So let's say she's 18 years old, she wants to go away to college and she wants to buy a new vehicle, right? We can borrow mm -hmm. against life insurance policy that's been building value for 18, 20 years now at this point. And we can go ahead and borrow against that interest free. And without penalty, if we were to default on the loan, because if the, for example, the person dies, they take the balance of whatever it was from the death benefit, not from, it doesn't hit your credit. It doesn't, you know, there's no lender that's or collector that's coming for you for that money. So it's a wealth tool for sure. And you can use it while you're alive. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I had no clue. So maybe that's why social security says that you can't have the one kind because um, mine has to be like a term or something like yes. that where you can't yes. borrow against because mm -hmm. social security doesn't allow that. Yeah, exactly. Because it's it's a wealth tool. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Because you can borrow against it and you can use it. And if you're on social security, there shouldn't be any other like form of income that you could possibly pull from. Um, so and then it, it gets counted towards your net worth, too. So there's that as well. Um, so that explains yes. a lot because I didn't yeah. know that part. Yeah, because I'm only limited to what kind I can have. And they said that I could have the kind that um, I can't pull any money out. Yeah, mm -hmm. of course they of course they did. And see, I didn't know that. <laughs> I yeah. do now. Yeah. So I want to um, be done with it all together anyways. it's that's There's that too, right? It's not worth it. No, it's it really not. not, unfortunately. Because they find ways to kind of trap you into staying oh, alive. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, every which way you try to get out of it, though it's like there's a loophole for a loophole, and it's like, my God, can't I just be done with this? Yeah, that's like seriously, like where I'm at. I'm just saying, it's just, yeah. I, no, I understand. I've come to the conclusion only a fool would want to actually have the government help you. I'm just saying. Um, you and know, stay on it. 
in the situation that I am in. Right. You know, being right, right. No, I understand. If you can get out, sure. But some people need it. You know, welfare programs mm -hmm. in the in the across the world are necessary for people who need it. Um, and I'll never knock anyone for having it because there are it, it has its place and it's necessary. Welfare allows True. us not to have high crime rates. It allows us to, you know, be able to feed our kids in some cases. So I'm never going to not True. go it. Yeah. So for sure. But um, if you can get out of the, 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 it's kind of a trap in some ways. So if you can get out of it, then for sure, try to. Um, and that's the part that I'm talking about because it's yeah. like, I didn't, it, it's, it's a huge trap. And it's like trying to get out of it is the, that's like, you got to jump through so many hoops and you got to do so much to get out of it and it's just it's difficult no for sure and um, well one of the upsides about mm -hmm. these policies is that they're dirt cheap like i think i paid like four bucks for twenty thousand dollars in in value for my daughter right i didn't pay twenty thousand that's what the death benefit is and i can increase it over time but i pay four dollars a month that's nothing you know um yeah it's cheap. Let me not say it's not it's some it might be something to someone but it's it's very much realistic for a lot of people, right? $4, you can, most people can come up with $4. And for those who can't, they have options as well. So um, what I would encourage, and just, just just come on the top of my mind, what I would encourage is not to count yourself out of, you know, having access to these things because you don't have a lot of money. You know, really still, I encourage you to still look into these options, call around, let them know your situation, be vulnerable, be open, tell them like, hey, look, this is how much I make, but this is what I want, right? And um, what what can I do with what I have? But you have to know what you have. So that's where like a budget comes in. That's where, you know, True. accountability and accounting comes in for your money every month. So once you know I have an additional 20, let's say you have $20 discretionary income and you want to use four of those dollars or you can use two of those dollars to get a life insurance policy, whatever the, the cost is, you know that that's what that costs every month. And you have a little bit more security. You've gotten a little bit closer to a goal, but don't count yourself out just because you don't have a ton of money to work with. Call, be open, talk about what your situation is. Let them know what your goals are. And there's someone who can help most of the time. That is very helpful and good to know because I said, I'm, I'm just like, my mind just like, well, there's a lot of information that yeah. I didn't know that's yeah. um, very helpful because my financial goals are definitely be done with all of this part of it in, in my life, obviously. So what right. trends should parents look out for? Um, you know what? Conversations around money. That's a really big um, piece that we are not aware of, you know, Kids internal, their your voice becomes their internal voice, right? They they mm -hmm. pick up a lot of the things that you say. They pick up a lot of the habits that you have. So just to be mindful of the conversations you have around money, um, not to demonize it or you know speak in terms of lack, um, but but responsibility and awareness and um, accountability, and they will internalize those messages, or they they should because that's what's being shared. But even if they don't, then there's an age where they become responsible for that, right? But um, you don't want it to come from your hands. You don't want to be the mm -hmm. reason why your child um, believes that money doesn't grow off of trees, even though they don't. That's true. But it the message that it shares is what you want to avoid, or the interpretation of the message is what should be avoided. So um, yeah, that's that's mostly that's one trend. And then the other trend is um, you know, really teaching them to determine what a want and a need is and really being able to decipher between the two, because that is something that most adults can't do. So if you can get ahead of that and allow your kids to have that skill, um, they will be 
further in life than we ever could imagine that we could be. That is awesome. That's extremely helpful. Like mm -hmm. I said, I, I, I've learned a lot in this little bit here. Yeah. Um, so um, I know that you're an author as well. Do you have a book on this subject that would be helpful for us parents? So not a book on the subject for parents specifically, okay. but if that's an invitation to write one, then I might. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. <laughs> just yeah, saying. Maybe. Just like a little. Implement these ideas. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I can look into that. Yeah, I could look into that. Maybe we could do a partnership. You can ask some questions and then the answers could be the the result of the book. I would not mind. Um, That'd be a but, good idea. So, no, that, yeah, I'm down for that. But the, um, the, the book that I wrote is actually about credit. So one of the other things that people could do as far as like helping their kids is actually fixing their own credit because kids can leverage their credit later on in life. So um, the book, that's just one of the books. And it helps really shape our relationship with banks, understanding our relationship with banks and money so that we can pass along wealth to our kids as well. I like that. Yeah. That, that's extremely helpful because I know like I did that with my husband, too. I'm like before we had our situation that happened to us, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to make sure that I build his credit before mine went down the down mm -hmm. the toilet. Because I'm like, at least if one of us has it, we'll be yeah. OK, because right. I know like you don't want to have no, no credit either. Right. Yeah, that's and, true. And bad credit is hard to recover from. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's what the book is for, to help the recovery process. That is very helpful. I'll have to look into to more of that. So what's the best way for audience to get in contact with you? Yeah, so um, we are converted credits on every platform. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, Pinterest. You can think of it. We're converted credit. Um, and the name of the book is Converted. Um, so we're there. We're always posting, going live, sharing resources, um, doing training. So if you sign up, if you get the book, you automatically get um, linked into the emails that get sent out about trainings. And when they happen, the trainings are free. There are no obligations to pay anything. You can come in, ask your questions, get your questions answered, be prepared. Um, and that is definitely a resource that I encourage people to use. And one way you can definitely get a hold of me. That is awesome. So thank you so much, Natalie, for your time and your energy. And yeah. I'm just, I'm very thankful for, for this conversation because I made me think about a lot and I'm sure our audience as well. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So everyone, thank you for tuning in to Healing for the Soul podcast. And be sure to follow me and our guest on social media as well. And make sure that it's a great day.